0: This is a Soulfire production. All right, let's get this party started. You guys, this week, I am sharing with you a fellow San Diego friend who I met during the pandemic in 2020. In fact, I met him during a very fun beer tasting. It's a virtual beer tasting, and I may or may not have gotten a little buzzed on that beer tasting, but I was like, you know what? this guy's awesome. I feel like I need to do another beer tasting with him. One thing turned into another kind of became friends in this awesome kind of nature from being from San Diego, talking about our love for craft beer. And I was like, you know what? Damn it, Jeff, let's bring you on the show. I am so excited to bring on Jeff Lozano. He is the host of the podcast dedicated to the craft where he talks about craft beer and also talks along with fellow guests about their passion projects or their dedication to their own craft. I personally wanted to bring Jeff on to the podcast because number one, he's been with Ballast Point, which if any of you know, or are from San Diego, Ballast Point just has this incredible story really kind of shares our craft beer scene. Also, it's It just has these elements that, like, I feel like as a local San Diegan, like we're very proud of. Gives nod to the fishing industry. Gives nod to the craft beer industry. Also, it was like a huge major company that you know was built up and then sold and then also bought themselves back, which is a very cool, unique feature. So I was very intrigued already about bringing Jeff on to talk about Val's Point. But the coolest part was that Jeff also has his own incredible story from how he got started in the craft beer scene to what he's doing now. So meanwhile, we're doing this podcast. Jeff also hooked me up with a bunch of amazing beer. And I was like, okay, well, you can't not share, you know, your beer tasting finesse and showcase everyone how you teach them how to drink a beer, how to enjoy a beer. And one of the things that I love most about Jeff is that every time I've done a tasting with him, he always... Just ask people to enjoy and to kind of leave at the door any expectations or any thoughts that you previously had about craft beer and just to experience it firsthand as if you know nothing, which is so fun and so cool. And also it kind of leaves like all the pretentiousness of like, you know, tasting things or supposed to be knowing about certain flavors or how it's brewed or things like that. So it's really awesome. And if you guys are local to San Diego and you ever get a chance to go into Ballast Point or do a tasting, definitely do it. Um, Their beer is amazing. But also if you get the opportunity to do one with Jeff, also definitely take it up on that. Also, please give his podcast a listen. I'm so excited and I'm so excited to have him on the show. So let's go ahead and dive right in. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show today. I have on one of the coolest guests I think I've ever had on the podcast. Number one because you're so fun to talk to. You led this awesome tasting during Naturally San Diego's. I think it was like our Christmas virtual event, but also too because Balos Point like tugs on my heartstrings, being from mm-hmm. San Diego and literally watching this brand from start to finish grow, and the craft beer industry being so huge in San Diego. So. Jeff Lozano, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so excited to have you on.
1: No, thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, okay, so the one of the coolest that's the pressure,
0: <laughs> the on. One of the cool, I mean, come on, we're gonna be drinking beer. We're gonna be hearing the story of Bowles Point. I mean, like, I feel like I interview such an array of guests, but this right, one's like right. close to home for me. So, like good, you know, good. Well,
1: I'm look, I'm happy to be on. And as the beer flows, so does hopefully the cool the the coolness factor. But I appreciate you having me on. I like what you're doing with the show.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So before we get started with your story, Mm -hmm. where should I start? Because you gave me a care package of all this incredible beer. I'm so excited to try one and I want to drink one while we're doing the show. So which one Uh, should I start? out?
1: All right. Well, I'm excited to have you excited about it. It's all, (laughs) they're all brand new. Um, and they might look like old beers, but they're it's new packaging. So one of the things that I think everybody, uh, what's a good takeaway from these things is like whenever you're drinking beer, especially if you're going to do it like in a tasting setting, you want to build like a flight, right? You want to make sure that you don't wreck your palate in the very beginning. I did give you some heavy hitters. So (laughs) we'll start with the Aloha Sculpin and I'm going to start with the Aloha Sculpin too. Okay. There we go. Wait, hold on. Can you listen to this? That was
0: gorgeous.
1: (laughs) Professional Whitney.
0: Okay. I love it. And should I pour it into my tasting glass too?
1: Absolutely. Because this one is a hazy version of our Sculpin. And so you want to see how hazy it is. All right. It's uh, it's it's probably one of the coolest beers that we make. And I'll get into why I think that, but Sculpin has been around forever. It's, it's, well, not forever, but it is a beer that has really built Ballast Point up. It's one or more, it's our most popular beer so popular that we've brewed and uh, branded a few different iterations of it. Mm-hmm. So there's the OG and there's this version of Sculpin, which is the hazy, there's pineapple Sculpin, there's grapefruit Sculpin, there's, you know, tajin Sculpin. Like, we've done everything to Sculpin uh, that you could possibly imagine. And uh, this one I'm really proud of because of the way that we brewed it.
0: Okay. This one, this, and I've told you, I've, I have tried Aloha before and I can't remember where I tried. I mean, it was during summer and I was like, this is, like my new Sculpin and I love Sculpin.
1: It's, dope, um, right?
0: It's, it's the best. It's like that true, like kind of like that, that IP, like what you would envision an IPA to taste like that is Sculpin to me. And maybe it's because I like, that's what I, any IPA I drink, I was drinking Sculpin yeah. being from uh-huh. San Diego, but it's, this is really, really nice, really well-balanced.
1: Well, this one's not as bitter so mm-hmm. because we because we made it a hazy, we kind of took everything that you already love from Sculpin, like the citrus component, the fruity aroma, um, the big body. It's a seven percent. So it still takes where you want to go. But yeah. the that bitterness that everybody really, really, really loves about Sculpin, even though there's a lot of people that really like that astringent bitterness, that harsh bite, um, when you make something hazy like this. It really starts to tone down the bitterness. So it's, it's a little bit more, it's softer and it's a little bit more well rounded. So for all of your friends out there that say, Oh, I don't drink Sculpt and it's too bitter for me, eh, give them a little aloha and take them to, you know, take them on a little vacation. And it's a lot more, you know, less, it's less aggressive on the bitterness component.
0: Sure, you sure, know? absolutely. So Jeff, let's yes. talk about your story. Let's do it. How did you get involved in beer? How did you come to Ballas Point? Like, give us give us a background on you and kind of your backstory.
1: So I grew up in a very small town, a very hot town and literally not like hot, booming <laughs> hot, like 120 degree weather, Calexico, California, which is uh, here in California. It's south. Um, it's east of San Diego, but it's on the, su- the southern tip of California. It's in the Imperial Valley. So I just grew up in a small town and, um, like most people in my, my town to get to the big city, to get out of that small town, we hit the closest big city we got. Right. So it's San Diego. So Mm -hmm. I came to San Diego to study nursing actually. So I was a nursing. Yeah. So I, I, uh, I wanted to be a nurse and it was a decision that I made pretty young, and so you know, at that at, at that stage, you know, you're you're still kind of trying to figure out what it's all about, what you're all about, mm-hmm. and there's this tug and pull for security, right? So, not only did I think that it was a secure job, I thought I would be relatively good at it. And as I was studying, I did become really interested in it. And quite honestly, um, I didn't leave nursing because I didn't like it. It was it was a little bit more um, strategical than that. So. I came up to study. Um, I was working a couple of restaurant gigs to put me through school, not to put me through school, but like just to have a job and pay some rent and stuff. Sure. So I was working at a restaurant here in San Diego and they happened to have craft beer. Um, now we were we were offering ballast point at this time at that restaurant, but I didn't give a shit. I didn't really care about craft beer at all. Sure. I knew Bud Lights and I knew modelos and I knew big beer, which is appropriately uh deemed big beer right mm-hmm. and there was nothing wrong with it um and, and it wasn't it wasn't until everybody here kind of started getting caught in the whirlpool of craft and local and that whole push for um supporting you know local And business.
0: what what like year was that like give me like a time frame because I kind of remember like again yeah. seeing it but I wasn't super into it
1: so it was like around 2008 Okay. 2008, 2009 around there. And then, so I came up to study and, and like I said, I was working at the restaurant and then I really kind of started getting into craft beer. I was talking to people that were really liking it. Um, I got really infatuated with arrogant bastard from stone. Mm -hmm. Honestly, the beer was like, so aggressive to me, and mm-hmm. I didn't like it. But it was arrogant bastard, right? It had a cool name. Yeah. it was super punk rock. It
0: was like manly. It was like it very was, it, masculine. It yeah, yeah, it was
1: gritty. And the label said that you couldn't handle it. And so all the <laughs> things that you that would get some, you know, some knucklehead to to say, oh, I'll try it. You watch, I'll yeah. like it. It's it, it, same thing. I was. Uh, it was. It was a sort of magnetism, and just like coffee, um, just like CBD infused coffee or anything like that. You get your palate acclimates, right? Like it starts to kind of sure. like pick up on some of these flavor components that you inevitably end up liking. So the same thing happened with craft beer for me. And then I started really getting more knowledgeable about breweries and honestly, it was a selling point. I was just trying to make a, more of a tip at the restaurant. But over the course of time, um, as my schooling was coming to an end and I graduated and I, 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 I worked in nursing as a profession for a very small amount of time. And then I had always had this like little, little thing tugging at, uh, the back of my psyche, which is craft beer and, and everything that I thought a craft brewery was going to be. And, and all of these, uh, delusions of grandeur, like, oh man, that's must be fun to just drink beer all day and free beer. And, you know, like, I don't know if you've ever seen that Simpsons episode where the Duff factory and everyone's having a, it's a, uh, it, it's like this big party, right? It's yeah. not like that at all, but I kind of <laughs> thought it was. Uh-huh. And so, um, I had to make a, I had to make a decision, um, at, at that kind of like fork in the road that I created for myself, which is. I kind of knew what my financial life was going to be like entering, uh, the nursing world, the medical world. Mm -hmm. I kind of, I w I wasn't married. I had no kids. I still had roommates. And so it wasn't a lot to lose to like, take a leap of faith into some sort of, let's say, let's call it a passion, even though it really wasn't a passion. I was just really interested in it. And so I said, okay, well, look, I I'm going to reach a a point in my life where I'm going to have a certain level of comfort. And mm-hmm. this salary is going to afford me, you know, particular things, right? A house, a car, I'm going to start mm-hmm. a family. I always wanted a family and stuff. And so mm-hmm. it was kind of, it was kind of one of these decisions where I, I can't, I can't have a family and have all this and then look at my partner and say, Hey, by the way, I kind of want to take a stab at this brewing thing and then go and work for minimum wage somewhere. And, and it just, it probably wasn't going to happen, even though, even though, um, at that point in the future, I might really want it to, it just mm-hmm. wasn't something that I thought was going to be responsible or feasible. So I said, Hey, let me just do it now. Yeah. And so I applied to every damn brewer that you can potentially, <laughs> I was willing to relocate. So I, I, applied to wow. everyone. I applied to every brewery in San Diego. I applied to every brewery in California. And at the time, I mean, there weren't, there weren't so many, uh, wow. out of state. I just really sure. wanted to work at a brewery. And honestly, Ballast Point wasn't even my first shot. I, I I really wanted to work for Stone, and then I really wanted to work for Rogue because I thought they were pretty punk rock. So I was yeah. like, okay, I, I like their vibe, I like their grit, I like their mm-hmm. no apologies kind of marketing. And then um and then I said st- I just kind of started liking Ballast Point beer, and so I said, eh, fishing's not really my thing, and it's not really like a. It wasn't the marketing that got me to work for Ballast Point, that's for sure, and. Sure enough, I I I went in and I went onto their website and I emailed everybody that had a website posted on their web uh, on, on their page. And it was a smaller brewery at the time. So I ended up emailing the president of the company and he ended up getting back to me. And he goes, Hey, listen, uh, thanks for your interest. We do have a position available if you want it. I said, Sure, I'll take it. He didn't even tell me what it was. So <laughs> I'll take it. I said, Yeah, let's do it. And it ended up being a weekend graveyard shift facilities coordinator. That's how it was phrased, but it was a janitor. So that's, that's really what it is. (laughs) And, and honestly, it was, I've done a lot for Ballast Point now. I mean, I've, I've Mm -hmm. done a lot of different jobs and I got to say that being a janitor at Ballast Point in 2012, a graveyard shift during the weekends was probably some of the, my funnest, most memorable times.
0: I love that. Oh my gosh. Okay. So from this standpoint, then you decided, okay, now I, you know, when, when was it where you're like, this is it. This is where I want to be. I want to stay with ballast point or what, what was the hook
1: day one, day one. I rolled in with my mop bucket and my glass cleaner and (laughs) through the speakers at Scripps ranch. We were at Scripps ranch at this point, um, where June shine currently is that Mm -hmm. used to be ballast point. Really? yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. That's where I cut my teeth. That's where wow. it, it wasn't the original ballast point location, but it was the original ballast point production facility. So wow, it all okay. started ballast point started in Linda Vist at home brew Mart, And okay. then once it became a brewery in 96 and we started brewing for, um, you know, you know, high, bigger volumes to go to market Scripps ranch was where it happened. And so night one, I say day, but my first night and I walked in pushing my, my, my broom and, and I mean, uh, my mop and bucket. And I heard, uh, a, a punk rock band, uh, by the name of no effects. I don't know if that's what you really listen to. You <laughs> probably more of a Luke Bryant kind of gal, but look, <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it was punk rock. And I remember thinking, you can listen to this at work. Like you can blare wow. this out of the speakers. Um, I dig it. It was one of my favorite bands, and so um, there was a gentleman there who was the, the brewer on on shift, and his name was Alex Tweet, and he was running around doing his brewing thing. I had no idea what he was doing, but he was tatted out and listening to No Effects, and this was a brewery, and it smelled cool in there. And I said, "Okay, I, I like this. I think this is where I want to be. I mm-hmm. I I like a place where you can do this, whether I was whether I wanted to to, to do it or not. I, I like an environment where this is acceptable, and yeah. it speaks volumes of." of the culture because you can by just by inference like you can be like if they if they allow this to happen it's probably like a lax chill environment and that's kind of what i wanted to tailor my life around i didn't want to be stuck in a job where um there was too many i don't know rules for lack of a better term
0: yeah totally or too much like even like i wouldn't even say like structure is the right word but like almost like boundaries like you are constantly kind of like you know, corp. I guess I come from like corporate where like the Marriott's and the Hiltons and like jumping through all the red tape or all the poops and everything it's politics, like that. Right. Yeah, At the end of the day, totally.
1: politics. And there's plenty of personalities out there that not only are cut out for that environment, but they, they, they revel in it and they, sure. they, they, they do really well in that. I am not necessarily. So I didn't, I didn't really have an urge to live the rest of my life, having to mind my P's and Q's and wear a suit to work kind of deal.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, my first job out of college was Red Bull. So if there was anyone rules, it was me. And I remember going to Hilton and Marriott feeling like I'm going to get in trouble. Like,
1: (laughs) yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, but that's what you want. That's what everybody should uh, seek. Not, not these environments of no holds bar or or deregulated spots or no rules kind of stuff. Not, not that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, you just got to go to a place where I think it fits more of your philosophical view your, you got to tailor your life to what it is that you're about. And if you can find a job where you're going to spend a lot of time being able to be yourself most of the time, then you're in a good spot. At least you're in the right direction.
0: Wow. I love that. That's like such a good reminder, especially for people that are either like in their own career or going off and wanting to start their own businesses. We have a lot of, um, kind of people that are either entrepreneurs or thinking about going into entrepreneurship, listening to the show. And I, I love that because I think, you know, even with like my agency or even like when we start, you know, now that we've launched get super, we've, we've always really wanted to hone in on this company culture because I have been so, you know, through my careers and working with different clients, I've been very like, you know, I wanted a very specific company culture. I wanted something very specific where people really felt passionate about what they're doing and the brands they are representing. And I think that's super important to like, you know, anyone that's working within your brand or your business to feel that kind of like, I feel like I kind of can belong here, or I feel like there's a little bit of camaraderie or there's people that I can gel with. And I I love that. That's like on your first day, you're like, this is it. This is this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And honestly, I was looking for it. It didn't it didn't like it fall into my lap and go, whoa, this happens to be a really cool place. I was scoping it out very Mm -hmm. intently. And uh, I I wanted to make sure that I was my eyes were open and that that I wasn't looking at anything through rose uh, tinted glasses. And that what I really wanted to do was find out where I wanted to be, because, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, God bless all the, all the, the nurses out there and the doctors and anybody that lives in an environment that for the most part is full of a little somberness. It's, it's not, you don't want to be in the hospital for too, for too long. You know, it's not, Mm. it's, if you're there, it's besides a baby being born and people recovering and getting better, it's, it's tough, Uh, um, uh, psychologically, emotionally taxing. And I just kind of made a decision that I wanted to be in a place where the good times were rolling And we were having beers and sharing stories. And if things got, um, a little heavy that, you know, we were a pint away from being able to, to deal with it. And I, it was very, it was very much a decision of mine. It wasn't, um, it wasn't a crazy leap of faith. It just, I just happened to, to really like where I ended it up.
0: I love that. Well, I think that's awesome. And I'm glad that you're here. So, okay. So Dallas point beer how long have you been working there? Tell us a couple of these awesome positions you've been in and kind of what you're doing now. Cause I do want you to share a little bit about your, your podcast.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I will. Um, so I started in 2012, right. And then shortly after it was kind of right place, right time, right attitude. I was, I was the epitome. <laughs> I honestly, it was the epitome of the guy that was whistling while he worked. Right. I was literally porcelain. I was, that was my job. And if you, and, and at two o'clock in the morning, Oh my gosh. For beer drinkers. Like this is, (laughs) I'm not trying to make this, uh, you know, wasn't glamorous and lollipops. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) but, but, uh, it was, um, it was the right place, right time, right attitude. And we were on an upswing. So Ballast Point was kind of getting to this spot where Sculpin was really taking off. Um, Our brewery was becoming, uh, uh, very big in the community and a sales team was being developed. And the people that were behind it, the original owners and some of the investors, they wanted to see this grow. And so, a lot of it had to do with just that. I I was kind of riding the the, the tide, right? Sure. And it was kind of bringing me to shore. But a, a lot of people left in in the first three four years that I was there. And I saw a lot of people come and go. And and it wasn't as glamorous a job as a lot of people uh, maybe thought it was going to be at a yeah. brewery because it's it's. I mean it's a manufacturing facility. Sure. I mean there's OSHA and rules and forklifts and clocking in and lunch breaks and it's it, it is like an assembly uh, line that you're on when you're on the packaging line. So
0: I feel I like not it. I feel like that's really important to remember cuz I feel like again like people think about San Diego this craft beer kind of like mecca that it's become and they're like I want to go work for this company. It looks so badass. They have the coolest branding like they're all about fishing like and then you kind of yeah. go back to the realness of it and you're like no, like we're, we're making product yeah. and it's like heavy lifting stuff.
1: It's a job. And there's plenty of people there for their own reasons. I just was there for a different reason. I was there because I really, really wanted to be there. And mm. I really liked, I always looked at it a little bit more from this weird philosophical lens, right? Where, what we were creating or what we are creating here at Ballast point, not just us, like anybody that's really into whatever product that they're making, whether it's get super or whether it's coffee or whether it's, you know, I don't know, staples, I don't know, whatever it is that you're passionate about. If you think that whatever you're involved in is somehow or another, um, improving the lives of the people that are using your product, then, then you can rest easy on that, you know? And that's what I had. I was able to, to look at what I was doing with a level of excitement and understanding that this is a company that's producing a good and a product, but it is beer. And we can't forget that it's Mm -hmm. we're, we're making, we're in the business of making shitty times good and good times better. That's what we're doing. When you crack open a beer and you are, whether it's at a funeral and you're remembering some uh, remembering a life, whether it's a backyard barbecue and you want to savor a moment, my whole thing has always been, I just want to be a part of that moment. Like, even if we're not there, I just want to be a part of that moment because I know what those moments feel like, you know? Um, And so when I was at, when I was there and I kind of started really, really, really honing in on that philosophy Mm -hmm. and looking at it from that vantage point, my life was great. And so I worked harder. I was happier. I worked harder and I just climbed the ranks and I've done it. I've done about everything that there is to do in that company except own it.
0: Wow. That's incredible. So, I mean, I, you, you're saying like so many good like tips and pieces, but do you have any like Any tips right now for maybe somebody that is wanting to further themselves in their career. They really like where they're at in their job. What are some tips on like, how can they move further into the company?
1: Um, I have been a big proponent of attitude. You can teach hard work. I mean, honestly, you could teach that you can teach people brewing. You can teach people to work in assembly line. You can teach people to work on vaccines. But you're not going to teach people to be happy doing about uh, doing it unless you teach them how important it is. And if you can teach them and get people to see not what they see, not teach people what you see, but teach people to uncover what they see. Um, then I think that you can start to develop a really good workforce. And then that bleeds into like a culture. And I don't know if, you know, if anybody listening here is going to know too much about uh, brewing, but honestly it's very synergistic from the assembly line to the brewers to the filter text, to the distribution, I mean, uh, to the sales team, to the front of the house. It it really is this, this environment of, if you, if you trip, I fall. So we all kind of have to be together in this. And when you slip, I feel it and when I slip you feel it. And once you once you um create a beautiful culture in a company, at least in my opinion, then you start to care about the individuals. And once you start to care about the individuals, you start caring about their livelihood, you, their families and stuff. So I know at some point that if I don't do my job, it affects, you know, Whitney's family because if 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 my my poor um work ethic is bringing everybody down and that's making the business harder to, to be employed at then I'm ultimately affecting your life. And so sure. I didn't want to be a part of that. And sure. I, I wanted people to care about me the way I actually was caring about them. And if there's something that I could say about Ballast Point, um, and at least in my experiences, I've I've created real relationships here.
0: Wow. Wow. That's incredible. No, I don't think people actually know that about brewing. I don't think that they know that there there is that kind of, like you said, synergistic culture from the time that it starts to get brewed to the front of the house and everything like that. What, you know, I, I want to talk about Ballast Point because again, you know, I, I want to talk about the marketing really. That's where, yeah. that's where my yeah. brain wants to go because go the ahead. branding is absolutely incredible. I'll never forget. Like the first time I saw the fish, I remember like walking, I it must, I'm almost positive. It was like, it was one of the grocery stores in Alpine. I, I think that's the first oh, yeah? time I saw it because I'm from Alpine. Yeah. And I remember just thinking like, this is such like good artwork and so cool that they're actually gonna put this artwork like on their can and like no one does that. Like at least like from like <laughs> well, did you, you fish? know,
1: did you fish a lot? No, like were but... you this open seas kind of gal?
0: No, not at all. Oh,
1: okay, cool, interesting.
0: <laughs> I'm from East County. I'm more of like the glamorous, the dirt bikes, and... bikes. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. all of that. Um, but I do remember like seeing it and just feeling like it felt like a very like elevated brand because it was like this, like, I mean, like even just looking at the artwork right here, like Look at like all the pebbles yeah. and the fish and the detail, like it's beautiful.
1: Well, we have a resident artist. So kudos to Paul Elder. He's been doing our artwork from the get-go and all of these are his actual paintings. And so wow. we were able to kind of, and he's a, he is such a free soul. That, kid, mm-hmm. that guy like chases, <laughs> you know, he chases the tides. So he, he'll drop whatever he's doing to go chase some good surf and Baja kind of guy. But wow. because he's an artist and he's fully just immersed in uh in nature um it kind of like it speaks out of his out of his paintings and then we just said hey look this is really good and i don't necessarily know if this was the plan going into it but as far as i'm concerned because i'm not a big fisherman i don't fish Mm -hmm. but i i too was like captivated with it but i think it was just the message behind like fish fishing sea there's just like this nice when you're there you're kind of chill like no one's fishing all super like unless it's like deadliest catch or something yeah no one's (laughs) out there Fishing off the dock and getting like super, like super high, strong, full of anxiety. Sure. It's it's been universally kind of accepted as a pastime, right? You yeah. do it, you feel good. You do it with your kids, and so I think that there was a lot of parallels between this fishing kind of thing and beer, and it kind of like met at just chill, relax in San Diego, kick it.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think too, like that, like that's why it was also too, like so cool, like like being like being a fan of Ballast Point because like we all, you know, growing up and as we grew up with Ballast Point, like we're starting to drink it and we're starting to bring it to college. And like, we're spending money on like really expensive beer, like in college, because it's cool. Cause it comes from our hometown. Like there was all this kind of like, there was just this element of brand to it that I thought was really cool. And I think too, like the marketing of it, it was, it was really ingenious for them to work with that resident artist and to always, you know, every time you guys put out a new line of beer or new anything, like it was always another piece of beautiful artwork that was different. And I thought that was also really clever.
1: Well, there's a, there was a campaign that we're doing. So we're celebrating our 25th anniversary, right. Of being a brewery
0: this year.
1: And so one of the campaigns, if you notice on your, uh, on, I, I believe it was the Victory at Sea that I gave you. That that was the first time that we've ever wrapped or, or canned Victory at Sea, but we were we able to really showcase fully like the whole painting that that Paul was immersed yeah. in. And one of our campaigns, the marketing team, uh, we came out with a campaign called Complete Art. Right, so it's complete art inside and outside of the can. So for all the beer geeks out there, yes, we are totally aware and we know and we never forget that beer is an art. Like we are we are harnessing nature and we are, um, you know, we are tailoring different, you know, from, from the hops to the live organisms in, in, in yeast, to the grain and the barley to the water profiles and the minerality. And we're like harnessing all of these different uh, components and we're trying to make something delicious out of it. That's going to get you a little buzz. And so you can have a good time, but at the same time, as much of an art as that is, we're also trying to show everybody that there's also, an art component that we have from a branding perspective, right? So from Mm -hmm. our marketing perspective, it's beautiful to always just be constantly reminded that everything is art, whether it's the can, whether it's the bottle, whether it's the beer inside. So we wanted, we wanted you to kind of get this artistic vibe, whether you're drinking it out of the can and it's right there in your face or whether you pour it out and you're seeing the, the haze and the haze you know, the haze and the color or the clarity and this and that, that all has an art to it too. So you're always fully immersed in some sort of artistic conceptualization, you know?
0: Sure. Sure. I love it. So on, yeah, I mean, I'm a fan. I I always will be. (laughs) Um, so I want to talk about too, you know, the show on the show, we always talk about influence, what influence means to you. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk a little bit about social media trends. And right now I think too, it's really incredible to see all these brands that are just popping off on social media and growing like crazy. So what, let's start with, let's start with the first question. What, what does influence mean to you?
1: That's a tricky one. I've actually been trying to wrap my mind around that for a long time. I have a very distinct way of looking at influence because I'm I'm a proponent of people not being so easily influenced. Um, And and I think that I think in this particular day and age, I think you can get lost in supporting something for the sake of its deemed influence. Right. So you Mm -hmm. say, oh, well, you know, such and such likes it. So I like it and I like them. And so by by association, you end up liking something. Especially for the sake of liking it. and there's nothing wrong with that because I think there's something to be said about having a role model or somebody that you that you follow and 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 somebody who's kind of doing the work for you, right? So it's kind of like this filter when well, you,
0: you like trust them, right? Like in a sense them. like you almost mm-hmm. put a little bit of your own trust into them if they're right. especially if they're endorsing like a product, right
1: right, right. And so that notion kind of was very odd to me until I started realizing that that that's what we're doing, right you're you, We're making a beer. And we're hoping that you give it a shot based on that. We have a good track record and that you trust us. And a lot of that has to do with influence. Right. And uh, I, 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 don't know. It's a, it's a strange one. Like influence to me is being able to garner a ethos, like to kind of like get something and make it digestible for a, for broad spectrum of people. Right. So yeah. regardless of where you, where you land on, on, on that spectrum, because this person or this company is involved in it. It kind of does a little bit of the work for you. Not all of the work, but it does a lot of the work for you. So um, that's that's kind of what influence is to me. Like, can you make me? Can you make me think about the why?
0: Wow. I love that. You know, I don't think anyone's ever said that on the show. And I've, I mean, we're talking about now 57 episodes that we've been through. Oh yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, cool. I'm glad. I mean, I just, that's just how I see it, you know? And yeah, um, I like, think uh, that's a big thought experiment for me. I think about that a lot, especially how, um, the social media game has changed in, in the craft beer world.
0: Yeah. Well, I want to talk about that too. So what, what does the social media landscape look like right now for you guys and also for the craft beer world? I mean, are you seeing a lot of craft beer popping up? Is there a lot more like ability for them to grow quicker? Like, what does that look like?
1: So I think that because of the, you know, the hiatus that a lot of uh, companies had to take, you know, these last couple of years. Yeah. I don't know. This is the way I see it. I'm, 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 I'm kind of like a pint half full kind of guy. So I always like to see what good we can get out of it. Um, and one of the things that was very interesting was that in, in, during the pandemic, I thought that there was a propulsion of the conscious consumer, not just with beer, but with everything, because in, in a time where everything is scarce, including your dollar Mm -hmm. and you go to, you go to what you know is good or what you trust. And what I ended up seeing was that marketing and social media was driving a lot of storytelling, and I was really happy once that started to happen because I thought that in a world where everything's good, San Diego, we're spoiled. We have great beer. You lived in Alpine. Alpine Brewing is some (laughs) of the best beer ever. It's the it is some of the best beer ever. And so one of the things that happens once everybody kind of gets into the game because they see that they're not only can they pursue their passion, but that there's a monetary gain in pursuing that passion and everyone's really good at it. Mm-hmm. Then what differentiates you from the guy next door? And, and, sure. and, 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 and if it's not the beer, because there's only so much you can do with beer. I mean, yes, we are doing our job. We are doing our hardest to innovate. And I think we're doing a good job of innovation, but yeah. so is Alpine. And yeah. so is, Ale Smith and and so many small breweries that are able to really experiment because they they're small and they they don't yeah. have to worry about you know cogs and and the cost of goods and stuff like that. So w- what I what I thought was that social media was propelling um, or providing a platform for these companies that are just like anybody else as far as their beer is concerned. Mm-hmm. They would say different, but honestly, to the average consumer, an IPA, a good IPA, and a good IPA, like what's going to make me buy this one as opposed to this one, and it's, and and not when, when it's not price, right. It's either packaging or it's your relationship with that company. And I think that the needle has slowly moved towards, do I relate to this company? Can Mm -hmm. I purchase them and feel good about myself? And I'm not just saying about beer. People were making this decision with, with big chains like Walmart and target. And it's like, like, Hey, no, no, I don't like what they stand for. I don't like what they're doing. Social media was this big platform to tell the story. And so what I liked and what I saw kind of emerging from that was that I was learning who these breweries were, not what they did, not what they made, but who they were. And I think that that's, I think we should cherish that. I think that that that's a good place for, for a consumer to be because we're taking your money, you know, you're paying (laughs) for our goods, honestly, yeah. we're, we're, we're we're providing a a product that we hope that you enjoy, but we're Mm -hmm. selling it to you. So you might as well know that the people behind that product, you know, have their, have their head in the right place.
0: You know what? I, I love that because especially right now, I feel like I've seen this really cool trend where I'm seeing all of these CEOs step out in front of their brand. And one really good example, I'm a fan of her. She's incredible, but her name is Alex Peabody. She runs and operates Bev, the canned wine. and she has done such an awesome job just kind of like coming in disrupting this canned wine wine industry and being like i want to make this for women and i'm going to stand out in front of it and share my story and any like wine that's on the shelf like i'm always drawn to them because of that story and because of what she shared on social there you go and it's a perfect example because it's you're spot on i think now too like even what we're seeing like just in like cpg and like all like any sort of consumable right now it's like we are seeing people starting to like move away from these conglomerates and more more so into either a small business or a brand that they feel like they know who's behind it and they feel right, like they can right. trust them and i think i think you're spot on and i think that that's actually probably from what i'm seeing at least on social i feel like that we're even going to see a bigger movement as we continue Like in the future,
1: I think social media is, um, highlighting transparency. It's helping highlight transparency. And one of the things that I I cherish about transparency is that one, you kind of have a good idea or a gist of whether you want to give this particular business, your money Mm -hmm. and support something that, you know, that you're not about. And I'm not talking about like, like nefarious things, you know, I'm just saying like sometimes maybe you just don't agree with something that's totally right not to agree with but you'd rather go this way because either it's a a philosophy that you agree with more, or maybe it's Mm -hmm. just simply because it's your buddy's place. And, and, and and that's great. And you're supporting them. But this, this, this transparency thing is important, especially for us that we make beer. You, you, you consume this. That's like an intimate thing that I think people forgot about like big Nabisco forgets that people are ingesting this. Like it's going into your body and we like to make sure that we don't forget that yes. Beer's good, yes. Beer should be fun and all that, (laughs) and but but we're trusting that when you consume it, that we can rest assured that we did everything that we needed to do to make sure that it was tasty, but that we weren't doing anything shady behind the behind the curtain, you know. Absolutely, I, I think that everybody should be demanding that.
0: Yeah, I well, I feel like we, I feel like we're starting to. I feel like there are you know, I mean, even like me with get super, like there were so many testings and taste testings and things like that. And of course, like I'm a marketer and I've became, I've become a formulator now, but at first I was, I wasn't any of that. And I didn't realize how much went into it. Like even like asking for like, where our beans were farmed, like how were they farmed? Like what happened? Like, where was our, you know, where was our, you know, cannabis grown? What, what took it from cannabis down to CBD? Like, how did that process happen? And I I think now it it is kind of cool that there is so much transparency because now we're not letting these big brands get off the hook so easy. And now they're not able to, because it's like, well, you know, there's all these things and there's all this, there's like, it's this instant information that we can have. And a lot of people are trying to be more transparent in the brands that they're growing and raising.
1: I agree with you a thousand percent. And, you know, I forgot to congratulate you in the beginning of the talk, but congratulations (laughs) on that launch. I mean, (laughs) that's cool. No, when I saw when I saw it, I was like, that's, I I like that. I like, there's a, there's a veneer of respect that I think any entrepreneur will have just because it's risky, you know, and it's an endeavor, but ultimately what, what we should be applauding is that there is still a focus on products that are good for you, um, and better for you. And I don't know, like beer, for instance, gets, gets in weird territory because to say that beer is good for you is, um. (laughs) <laughs> you you got to you got to you got to you got to think about what lens that is being looked at from or through right sure. because i i think the beer is good for you uh, and i'm not just limiting it to beer i'm limiting mm-hmm. it to anything else that has been deemed you know not necessarily let's say healthy physiologically right let's yeah. let's take macaroni and cheese or something like that you know any comfort though
0: it's a comfort any, it's it's a a, com- sure. you said it
1: it's comfort yeah. and that to me does something psychologically mm-hmm. and i've you know, I've had, I've made friends, I've lost friends over pints. I've had very, very difficult conversations. I've had the best times of my life over beer. So for Mm -hmm. me, I think that beer is miraculous. I think that it's, that it's embellished life in, in, in so many ways. Some people think that about coffee, some people think about that, you know, with empanadas or whatever, people are going (laughs) to think about that with your get super. So I, I, I think that, um, you know, I know that you're a marketer and that this is a social kind of like the social media focused sort of uh, show, but it, it, it's so huge to be able to tell a story and have somebody listen to it and go, that's real. Yeah. There wasn't any smoke and mirrors on that one. He, that person was not reading off a teleprompter the, 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 the comments can get pretty gnarly, but if you see through them and if you have the guts to go and, 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 and go through all that, you'll get morsels of truth. Yeah. And I think that it's a great feedback loop and mm-hmm. I I'm not too good at social media. I'll be the first one to tell you, but <laughs> I do, I do learn a lot about some of my favorite brands and personalities and, and products via social media.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I yes, yeah, social media is it's almost becoming a necessary evil at this point where it's like, yeah, there's, there's some yeah. really gnarly stuff to it. Sure. But is there also this kind of like beauty to it where we're now like able to expand and share and have more education than ever and more testimonial and like almost this new level of authenticity also. Yeah. So I love it, Jeff. Okay. Hold on. We're, we're going to have to wrap up this show. We keep talking and it's amazing. But I wanna I wanna test out a few beers with you. I okay, want you to walk me through a couple. Let's do All it. Right. Let's
1: let's test uh the, the beers that we got. So, so we, we started, did aloha.
0: It was great. We did aloha.
1: Okay. So that's our that's our hazy tropical version of Sculpin. Okay. And like I said, I think it's the coolest one that we've done because if you really think about everything that we've done with Sculpen, we've mm-hmm. added flavor to it, right? Whether it's mm-hmm. pineapple, whether it's grapefruit, which is a big hit. Um, but with this one, we were able to highlight and bring out a lot of the fruity aromatics and some of those sweeter citrusy components without having to add anything we fundamentally changed it from its recipe which is i think like a testament to what our brewers are capable of they Mm -hmm. were like okay what do we like about sculpin and how do we enhance it and how do we make it hazy without having to add anything to it just pure science i love it and yeah yeah and it's good it's smooth it's hazy it's less bitter but it's still all of the tropical um You know, it has all that tropical depth to it. So that one is probably my the funnest sculpting, I think that's out there. I'm glad you like it.
0: I do like it. I will say I think I like it better in the bottle, but I'm also a beer bottle kind of again. I'm from East County. Okay, so so real
1: quick, I know that we're (laughs) wrapping up, but I kind of want to know why do you like it out of a bottle more than you like it out of a can?
0: Um, the experience of drinking it out of a bottle.
1: Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Because um we I think a lot of industries are moving away from bottles. In yes the beer, they are in the beer. We're, we're moving away from bottles and that's great honestly uh-huh. people will get used to it it's cool. but for for someone like yourself and some someone like me who have more of a there's more to beer or to experiencing like food coffee or beer and wine than than just the product itself it's mm-hmm. tactile right like how does it feel in your hand like mm-hmm. that's why you don't go to oktoberfest and have a little sippy cup you want a stein yes right? Yes. Because packaging matters yeah. and, and you're able to, like, I go to, I go get a Sapporo, right. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I want it out of a big t- bomber. Like I yeah. want it out of a big <laughs> ass bottle because yeah. I go to the joint and they give me a, a bomber Sapporo for 16 cents. Like that's what I'm, that's what I want. And oh, so yeah. when I go to the store and I drink a Sapporo out of a can or out of a 12 ounce bottle, It just doesn't hit the same one, you know? So I'm glad he said that.
0: It's like a glass of wine, right? Like you, you want to drink like most, like I, even my June shine, like I'll pour my June shine into like a wine glass or something Mm. like that, because I actually, I love June shine, but I, I'm like, I don't want to, at the end of the day, I don't want to drink it out of a can. I want to pour it into a glass at home and make it a little elevated, I guess. Right,
1: there you go, elevated. So, um, all right, so the next one is Sculpin, but our grapefruit Sculpin. (laughs) Now you're going to notice, you've already showed it, a few times for anybody that's not watching um we do now have it in a 16 ounce can which i think is really cool we were um we were able to have a few of these in ballparks for a while you know like 16 ounce cans just are kind of like a like a ballpark kind of thing or stadium thing but now we have 16 ounce cans available uh, in the market and here at our spots or any any one of our locations and honestly it's just what more beer who's complaining about that
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, okay. So, and I, gosh, I feel like I need a whole nother podcast with you because I do (laughs) want to talk about Petco park. Uh, what is it? Is it swinging, swinging Swinging fryer
1: rail? Yeah.
0: Also one of my favorites. That's actually me and my boyfriend's favorite. Every time we go to Petco. Okay. Hold on. Let's give this a taste.
1: So again, it amazing. So we got regular Sculpin and we said, what is, what is the one thing that we really like about the Sculpin? And naturally it has a grapefruit essence. So we said, well, why the hell don't we just get people more of what they really like? And so we Mm -hmm. ended up adding grapefruit to it. So it's, it's Sculpin with grapefruit turned up to 11, you know? So um, it's one of our more popular Sculpin's for very obvious reasons. It's kind of like people that love Sculpin will like this because it's close enough to the OG and people that want a new or or an improved version of Sculpin for their palate they like the grapefruit component. It has a little bit of um, that rind essence, which can give it a little bit of an astringent bitterness, but people really like that about a West Coast IPA.
0: I like it. I think that's actually, I'm pretty sure that's the one I used to buy all the time. I think you guys also may have come out with like, I want to say you came out with something with a pineapple.
1: Pineapple Sculpin. Yeah, we did. It it was a
0: pineapple Sculpin. I don't
1: care for that one too much, but I will tell you something. Yeah. When I when I'm working festivals or when I'm doing dinners, it, people always ask where that beer is. So I'm like, well, you like it, huh? Yeah. yeah, it's just it wasn't for me, but people love it.
0: It almost you know, it almost has a little bit of this to it where it's mm-hmm. it's a little bit more like um, it's less of the bite. And yeah. I, I remembered that from the pineapple And I remember I used to bring it. My dad would be like, I used to bring it to Lake Havasu. My dad used to go out to Lake Havasu all the time. He's like, oh, drinking this beer? At <laughs> Lake
1: Havasu is probably the best way to drink it.
0: It was good. It was really yeah, good. I
1: bet. I bet. <laughs> um, and then, okay, so we're going to end because I brought you three. Yes, three, you did. Do you have that one in front of you? This you don't one? have to crack it open. but
0: no, I, I'm going to crack it open. I'm going to Okay.
1: It. All right. Good. I like. <laughs> Life is for the bold. I told you,
0: I'm making tortilla soup. I told the boy radios to come home early. We have all the good beer. Okay. A
1: tortilla really good. I'm proud of you.
0: Thank you. Okay. Yeah. So this is a porter, though. So, so I'm going to get, an, I think so it's do an have imperial porter. Glass. Okay.
1: okay. I'm gonna... There you go. Look at you, glassware. You know, you hear from different people. Some people don't care. Some people really care. But I, like I said, we talked about packaging is important. So that's yes. uh, Victory at Sea, our imperial porter, 10%. Ooh. It has coffee and it has vanilla. Now, Um, quick backstory to that one. The brewers were really looking for something like a winter warmer because San Diego gets so cold and they (laughs) wanted something to, to, to crack open at a bonfire or something. And so the natural progression is winter warmer so a big bold robust beer with roasty chocolatey components in a porter you make it 10 percent so that it's nice and bold but because they wanted it to be a winter warmer you, you typically add like a little spice so we added some vanilla bean in there to like kind of sweeten it up and round it out now we toned back the hop profile in it. And we got most of the bitterness coming from coffee and you know, now that coffee is bitter. So, um, that's what I'm tasting. I feel like I'm
0: not tasting the the normal kind of like bite to the, to the beer. It's, it's actually like if you were to drink a, a, like a glass of uh, black coffee.
1: Right. Exactly. Exactly. And it is bitter, but it's a little bit less, um, acidic. And because our special blend, it's a proprietary blend of coffee that we use for that beer from our friends down at Cafe Calabria um, right here in North Park on 30th Street. Yeah, since it's uh, since its inception, um, it's been used or infused with Cafe Calabria and they made their own special blend of coffee for it. In fact, if you're anywhere around our um, locations, you can actually pick up the coffee that we use for that beer. You can pick it up so that you can just make regular coffee. Okay. But... Well,
0: yeah. I need to get a bag that smells, that smells and tastes amazing. And yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I can taste the vanilla too. Nice. I can totally taste it. Very good. Maybe
1: yeah. Very what, good. So, so, so a little roasty chocolate undertones, um, obviously it's an Imperial, so it has a big, bold body, mm-hmm. but because of that vanilla and I think the way that it plays with the coffee, you get like this beautiful, like I want to pair it with s'mores or something like that, you know?
0: Okay. I'm literally sitting here. I told you, me and my family go out to the desert. We go for like new year's. We take all of the UTVs, everything. This is like something I want to drink on like new year's night and like drink out in the desert by a campfire.
1: I'm going to get, okay. It's it's being recorded. (laughs) It's being recorded right now. I will get you, I'll get you a case of this stuff so that you can do exactly that, but you 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 have to prove it.
0: You got it. I'll take nice photos of all the, all the desert things out in the dunes, but this is awesome. Okay. Jeff, this is incredible. Thank you so much for walking us through this awesome taste testing and for sharing your story on the show where can people find you, follow you? Where, where can we see more of you?
1: So you can follow balance point as it is already on there on, on, on the company Instagram. You can follow me at Jeff Lozano on my Instagram and you can check out my podcast. Um, we didn't talk about too much about it, but like, honestly, real quick, it's exactly what you're trying to do. You're trying to have um, people want to talk about their passions. Right. And mm-hmm. the, our show, uh, you can find it on Apple. You can find it on Spotify. I like the visual component. So we're on YouTube and you can find it on ballast points, uh, oh, YouTube cool. channel. I just bring in all my buddies and people that are really passionate about what they do. My life's purpose now is to sit around, crack open a couple of beers and have interesting conversations with interesting people. That's all I care about now. So it's, it's, it's exactly that. Like we want you to be a fly on the wall while a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of people talk about what they're into over a couple mm-hmm. of beers, but you can follow it. It's dedicated to the craft and we started over the pandemic, but the show has been growing and we've been getting a lot more listeners and, and different guests. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, so you can kind of, you can, you can hear me there and honestly, just kind of next time you have a Sculpin or next time you have a ballot pump here. <laughs> Just think tag about you. it think about us yeah I tag me it. for sure oh yeah no no tag me for sure all i care about honestly is just like just enjoy it like it's yeah. just beer people it's just beer and oh, don't wow. take it too seriously but if you are going to take it too seriously then you know enjoy it because you you your only thing that you have for the rest of this little trip on this rock is is your barometer meter of of what you're going to choose to enjoy so test your palate. So the next time that you go out and you are being adventurous, you're at least, you at least kind of know what you like. Just yeah. next time you drink a beer, just think about it. That's all just think. About
0: oh, it. I love it. Jeff, thank you so much for going under the influence with you and, uh, or under the influence with us and cheers. Yeah, we're both under the influence. <laughs> I cheers. Know, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: awesome. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. You're awesome. And I love, I love what you're doing with your show and with your, with your, uh, social channel. So thank you. The pleasure was mine.
0: Oh, amazing.